Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Welcome to church. I want to welcome the kiddos into big church today. It's so good to have you with us. You guys are awesome. So good. And we have guests with us. Can we just clap for our guests? Love it. I know oftentimes in Christmas Eve service, you have family with you. And and so I hope your family loves your church. I hope they uh, love the jokes that I'm about to tell you. Because that is, we only have really one tradition and one rule in our church. And the only tradition we have is I tell jokes on Christmas Eve. And the only rule we have is you have to laugh at them. So get ready. You ready? Here we go. Joke number one. What did the wise men say after they offered up their gifts in gold and frankincense? They said, wait, there's myrrh. (laughs) Come on, y'all got to do better. The jokes get worse if you don't laugh and clap. What do you call an obnoxious reindeer? Rude off. All right, let's keep going. I'm not done. We're not quitting. We're just going to keep going till you finally give me the right laugh. Um, so a little bit of Bubba joke always comes into it. I love to add Bubba into it. UPS delivered a Christmas package in a large envelope to Bubba's house and placed it on his doormat. The envelope had printed on its cover, do not bend. So poor old Bubba spent the next 30 minutes trying to figure out how to pick it up without bending over. (laughs) That's funny, I don't care. Help me out. All right, this is a little longer. Sounds terrible to begin with. Lands really good, you ready? Bubba called his son in New York the week before Christmas and said, I hate to ruin your holiday but I have to tell you that your mother and I are divorcing after 45 years of misery, we're all done. Wait, the son screams. That's right, now call your sister in Chicago and let her know. Frantically, his son calls his sister. She explodes on the phone too and says, oh no, they're not getting divorced, I'll take care of this. So she angrily calls her father and says, you are not getting divorced. Don't do a single thing until we get there. I'm calling my brother, and we'll be there in a couple of days. So old Bubba, he hangs up the phone, chuckles, turns to his wife, and says, okay, the kids are coming for Christmas, and they're paying their own way. So Merry Christmas. Listen, I believe the Lord has a word for you today. I know we love to experience all that Christmas Eve has for us. And Christmas Eve has so much when we gather the church and we sing the, the carols and the, the worship that's in it. And the words are so powerful and, and we, we experience the community of being together. But without the word of God, I feel like we'd be missing. And I believe the Lord has something for you today. And so I just can't wait to share this message with you, but I want to pray because we need God's anointing on it. So Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for this amazing group of believers and friends and family that all just gathered here to to celebrate the birth of Jesus. 
And God, I pray that as I preach that this message would connect with hearts, that it would strengthen our faith, and, and really, God, give us a new way to discover the, the power behind the name of Jesus and his birth. We love you, Lord. Can I get a good amen? Well, I want to preach for a few minutes about the beauty and the power behind the name of Jesus. My sermon title for this Christmas Eve service is Call Him Jesus. I want to take us to a, a body of text in the book of Luke. And this is where the angel Gabriel visited Mary and explained to her that she was going to conceive of a child and give birth to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the angel gave she and Joseph instructions to call him Jesus. So in Luke chapter 126, it says in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, Mary, let me back up, sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, Mary, that is her aunt, all right, just to put the family relation. It says, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth to a town in Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, and the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. In verse 31, the angel says, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One, would be, the Holy one to be born would be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. Verse 37 says, and this is such a great, great verse, for no word from God will ever fail. Amen, Amen to that? Yeah. No word. So whatever God has promised, you can guarantee it. Verse 38 this is her response, and this is kind of like an amen. Sometimes when I'm preaching and you hear truth and you hear a promise from God, it's just good to give it an amen. So this is her amen. She said, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. This is an amazing part of the Christmas story where Gabriel comes to Mary and explains to her that she will conceive of a child and and gave her the, the, the ability to, to carry our Savior and, and be the mother of Jesus, the Son of God. But when he was with her, he gave her these specific instructions about the name. Now, this name wasn't to be a family name from Mary or Joseph. It wasn't a name that you might find in the 10,000 book of baby names. Any of you ever looked through that? And so it wasn't that. Gabriel said to Mary, call him Jesus. Now, why is that important? Well, in the biblical times, names often were part of the identity of a child or had something to do with the circumstances around a child's birth. Sometimes the name had to do with the, the prophetic nature of what this child would do in their life. And so names were identified to a child according to 
sometimes what God had said about that child. Now we know in the New Testament, Jesus changed Simon's name to Peter. So he said to Peter now, he said, which means rock, Peter means rock. And he said, you are Peter and upon that rock, the rock, the revelation that Jesus is the son of God, but upon that rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so he gave him a name that represented who Peter was to be. And so sometimes names in the Old Testament have that identity tied to it. Now, in our modern culture, we don't normally do that quite as much. As an example, in, in my life, my name is Timothy, and, and you know, I don't know why my mom named me Timothy. I don't know if she just thought it was a good name. I don't think it had anything to do with biblical names. Um, I know that she liked the letter T because she named my older brother Todd, and I am Tim, and my sister's name is Tricia. And so she just loved the T's, I guess. And, and, and it was, you know, it was like her issue later on because when one of us would get in trouble, you know what would happen? She'd be like, Tim, Todd, you. And then if she ever added Timothy Bynum Blevins, I knew I was in trouble. That's when the middle name comes out, you know, it's trouble. So I was kind of curious years ago, though, what my biblical name might mean. And it doesn't always line up, so don't, don't think bad if yours doesn't. But my name, if you look it up in the Bible names, means honoring God. And so every time you say Pastor Tim, you are saying, Tim, you are a person who honors God. I like that. Amen. Pastor Tim, you're telling me, line up. Get with it and honor God, because that's who you are. Amen? Amen? What does the name Jesus mean? Why was there specific instructions about his name? Well, Jesus' name means Yahweh saves, or Yahweh is salvation. Yahweh is the Hebrew name for God. And so the name of Jesus means that God saves, the identity of who Jesus is, the, the calling of his life is to be a savior. And his name identifies that. And every time you call on his name, you are saying, Jesus, you are my God who saves. Every time, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I'm declaring with my mouth, you are my God who saves me. What a powerful name, what a beautiful name. The name of Jesus, Jesus, the name that saves. The Bible says in Acts 2.38, it says you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So when you confess the name of Jesus. When you confess that name and you turn from your sins, I believe that Jesus is your Lord and Savior by the confession and the profession of his name. So when you say Jesus, you're saying that in his name, all of my sins are forgiven. When you say his name, you're saying my past is forgiven. When you say his name, all of your mistakes are forgiven. When you say his name, your future is secure forever and ever, amen. 
in the name of Jesus. It's all wrapped up in that. What a name it is. What a beautiful name it is. In the book of Philippians, it says this about his name. It says, therefore God exalted him, this is Jesus, to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. And that at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow in heaven and on earth and under earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I love it, the name above every name. I read that even Time Magazine recognized that the name of Jesus, that Jesus is the most recognized and most influential person in the history of the world. The name above all other names, greater than a Napoleon, greater than any other name, the name of Jesus. It's been over 2,000 years since the birth of Jesus and his name still rises above every other name, the name of Jesus. And in 2,000 more years, guess what? His name will still be above every other name that ever comes to pass. The Bible also teaches us about his name, that as we pray and we declare his name, we are voicing his authority and power. It is in his name. The Bible says in the book of John, chapter 14, 14, it says, you may ask for anything in my name. This is Jesus speaking. You may ask for anything in my name and I will do it. And so I wanna say to you that when you pray according to God's will, in the name of Jesus, you are praying with his authority and power. Not yours, certainly not mine. I think of it in terms of like a, an ambassador of the United States representing the United States in a foreign country. When an ambassador is in another country, he's not there on his own authority. He is there on the authority of the United States. And when an ambassador says, this is what we're gonna do, he doesn't say it based on his or her authority. He says on the full weight and measure of the United States, we're gonna do this, amen? And so when you pray in the name of Jesus, you are saying that in the full measure of all of heaven, that in the name of Jesus, in his authority, in his power, this shall be done. Amen. That's power when you pray in the name of Jesus. I want to encourage you that when you pray, you need to say in the name of Jesus. You need to call his name. You might want to say at the beginning of your prayer so that everyone knows that's listening that this is how you're praying. You may say in the name of Jesus, I pray for this. And then wrap it up with another in the name of Jesus just to remind yourself. But always pray in the name of Jesus. Also, we find in the book of Luke, it says that when the 72 disciples returned, and, and who are these 72 disciples? And you may think, I thought there were only 12. Well, 12 were his closest disciples, but he trained and equipped many others, and he sent these others into towns to go preach the gospel. And it says, when the 72 disciples returned to Jesus, they reported to him, they said, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. 
And I want you to know that the enemy is no match for the believer who walks in the submission and the authority of Jesus Christ. And when you feel like you're under attack from the enemy, call out his name, say Jesus, because at the name of Jesus, even those demons have to obey his voice. Amen, nothing can come against you. The Bible goes on to say that miracles and healings and signs and wonders are part of the name of Jesus. In the book of Acts chapter 430, it says, stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Acts 3, 6 says, Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold to give you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And church, when you have a need, then you need to call his name, Jesus. When Jesus was born, as we are here this morning celebrating Christmas and the birth of Jesus, Mary was given instructions to call him Jesus, gave him a name, and then gave us his name to call out his name. And when you call out his name, it reveals to us in his name that Jesus is my savior. Jesus is my forgiver. Jesus is my redeemer. He is my healer. He is my miracle worker in my life, Jesus. And so I just wanna land with a thought here. And I just love this, that there is just something about that name, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. In my life and, and the same in your life, you've had ups and downs in your life. You've had mountaintop experiences and you've had valley experiences. I've experienced those. I've had, I've had the best of days and I've had some darker days, just like all of us. And I, I've discovered in some of these difficult seasons and when I feel the stress and, and anxiety coming upon me I'm, when I'm walking in kind of a, a darker time of my life and really trying to, to just get the peace of God in my life. Sometimes in those moments, I, I, I just discovered this simple prayer that because when I'm in those times, sometimes my mind isn't even 100% clear. Have you ever been in a place where you... You know on one hand that God is faithful and his, his promises are gonna come true, but you're kind of walking and experiencing something else and, and you feel the tear between yes, God, but no, not now. And, and you're trying to find the way and, and those darker moments, I, I, I find myself at times trying to articulate like some powerful prayer to move God. Sometimes I think I, I need to come up with the right language you know, I've heard other people pray and they're so skilled in their, their theology when they pray. You know, they, they preach a whole sermon in a prayer. I'm like, wow, where'd you get all that? And I'm like, if I have to pray like that, I'm in trouble. Sometimes in those moments when I feel torn between reality and, and heaviness, and I'm like, what do I pray? And I'm gonna teach you the most simple prayer to pray. When I'm there, I'll sit and I'll pray. Jesus, 
Oh, Jesus. Jesus, I need you. Oh, Jesus, I love you. Jesus. There's just something about that name. Oh, Jesus. Everything I need is in his name, Jesus. When I can't think straight, I can say, Jesus. When I'm in dark or hard places, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. And, and I find that when I humbly just say, Jesus, I begin to feel his presence and peace surrounding me. It doesn't always change a circumstance, but in it, Jesus is there. I call his name Jesus. So if you're in a, a place today, maybe it's difficult, then Jesus. You know, in, in my life, I often find that it's usually not extreme one in one spot or the other. I'm usually not like, everything's great. Sometimes people say, how you doing? You go, all is well. And I'm like, well, not everything. But there's some things that are great. So part of my life, things are rolling. That, but I'll be honest with you, in a season right now, I'm feeling some struggles. And so it's, sometimes I carry both. And you're probably here the same. You probably have some things that are good and some things that you're working through, but it's the same answer. It's in the name of Jesus. And so maybe you're in kind of a, a darker spot in part of your life or all of your life. And, and I want to remind you to call his name. And there's a promise that we find in the book of John chapter one, verse nine. It says, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And so this is a, a verse that tells us that Jesus is coming into the world to be the light. And when they're in that dark place, he comes to be your light. When you say Jesus, his, his light begins to shine within. It begins to bring a brightness and a, a joy that can only come from God, a peace beyond your circumstances. It's in the name of Jesus. And he begins to bring a light into your life. In this text, it describes Jesus as light coming into a dark world. And we understand our world desperately needs a savior today. But also in your life, when you call the name of Jesus, it is him canceling darkness in your life and, and bringing in to your life his light. And in the name of Jesus can be renewed hope. And in the name of Jesus can be restored joy in your life. Jesus' name means Yahweh saves. He is the light of the world. And all who turn to him will know the true meaning of joy in this Christmas season. He came to be light in the world and light into your life. The Bible says in John chapter eight, verse 12, it says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. And whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. The scripture goes on to say, 
that those who follow me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He is the light of life. And all who believe in him, all who follow him, all who call his name will have his light in them. And so I want to take this moment on this Christmas Eve and I don't want to light the center candle because I believe all light comes from one and his name is Jesus. And so I light this and then our team is going to come and they're going to get their candle lit. But from him, candles are lit, light, and they're going to spread light to you. And we're going to sing we're going to celebrate the light of the world in your life. Would you join me in a simple prayer this morning? Let's say this out loud together. Father in heaven, I turn from my sin and proclaim Jesus to be Lord of my life. And in the name of Jesus, I'm healed of all my sicknesses. And in the name of Jesus, I am victorious over the attacks of the enemy. And in the name of Jesus, my hope and joy are renewed. In Jesus' name, amen, church. Merry Christmas. Hallelujah. Come on, say Jesus. You may blow out your candles.